Ready? Yep. Hey, everybody. This is Eric. And I'm Daryl. Welcome to the auto podcast that will not be replaced by Nunuri, no matter how much money Warner Brothers throws at us. On this episode of Throwing Wrenches, Illinois EV batteries? New car inventories are filling up. And the UAW is ready to deal. All that and more on this episode of Throwing Wrenches. class thing and have steve barton like do that with a banjo for us that yeah. startup yeah just like an acoustic set yeah i think so what do you think i think that was a lovely tribute by the way oh yes wasted away again in margaritaville yeah and uh a little smash mouth smash mouth and uh in in re- recognition it, it, of those who have uh, in your playlist passed. histories and do you use spotify or itunes what do you use i don't i use soundcloud because oh, i'm weird oh can you listen to like mass market music yeah. Okay, see, okay, I don't even know. I, you know what, Daryl? We just got on the weird level with Daryl. Did I? Sorry. This isn't stuff like Bandcamp. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I only listen to MySpace for the okay. music. In, 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 and you're a younger guy. Yeah. I mean, as, as a youthful young man, I would imagine right. Smash Mouth, Smash Mouth, <laughs> Smash Mouth means more to you than Jimmy Buffett? A little bit, yeah. I definitely uh, erred on the side of being a Smash Mouth fan. Okay. Respect to Jimmy Buffett, for sure, but I was not a parrot head. Were you, were you more of a parrot head? Oh, uh, yeah, because I lived in Florida for a time. Was, actually, you have to be. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it was part of the law once you came across, you know, you got a Hawaiian shirt and a Jimmy Buffett, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the the red and white CD. Had, uh, BMG yeah. and uh, Columbia House, I think that was standard issue, too. That was always one of the, the top. A starter. Yes, yeah. the top 12 discs you could get for the penny. And he was, what, 76-ish? Skin cancer. Is that yeah. what it was? Yes. Hmm. It seems ironic. Seems sucky. But uh, seventy six. You know. You know what? That guy saw some sun. He saw some fun. So the yeah. Smash Mouth story is far sadder. So I think Jimmy lived a far more rewarding life, right? Yeah. Steve Harwell definitely. Um, I think lived lived and partied hard, fast and hard. Yeah. Yeah. Poor um, guy. Poor guy. His stuff was super super fun. I I always liked that group. Played a lot of them when I was in college. They radio. have a lot of great songs, and my son mm-hmm. will tell you, "Pacific Coast Party" is like the greatest. He thinks that's the greatest song in the world. It's pretty good. It's hilarious, and it was a Pepsi commercial. I think when you know he was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> waste. Waste was the one off of uh, Astro Lounge. I used to play a lot yeah. uh, when I was in my college radio days, and I'd have people call me up and be like, yeah. "What album is this on?" I'm like, "The same one that all the other stuff is on." <laughs> Astro Lounge with the yeah, the cattle, the pink Cadillac and yeah. like neon on it or whatever it was. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. That's that a good good record, and of course the Shrek stuff. I mean, yes, yeah, made Shrek, tons yeah, of Shrek money. made tons of money. But all right, that's enough for the music review section of the show. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for listening, and to join in, as we always say, we haven't gotten emails lately. Info at thrownwrenches dot com. It's been a little quiet. Yeah, or post review on iTunes to be heard all around the world. Hey, you know what? Thanks for reviewing. I did a quick check today. You know what that revealed, Daryl? What's that? No new reviews. 
So I had a friend who's oh. a listener of the show said he was going to leave us a review, but, but, his, but his fingers broke. No, I oh, don't he got know. Stuck in like a honey bear or something. <laughs> I don't know what platform. <laughs> I tried looking at your Spotify, <laughs> and they're like, "Log in to see reviews." I'm like, "Why do I? Oh, I could do that." So maybe that might be in Spotify. We might have one in the hopper. All right. But I know the Apple uh, podcast reviews. The Apple. A, it's kind of like the it's, TikTok. It's been a little stagnant, a little stale. Which it's apple it's it's apple season it's pumpkin spice season leave us a review let us know actually what is if you had to pick one Eric if you were going to drive to an apple orchard yes uh, what type of apple would you, would you try to look for are you a Honeycrisp fan oh uh, a yeah. Granny Smith well fan? I used to be a Fuji guy but Honeycrisp has kind of stole my heart lately I'll, give you, is, I'll give you that that's pretty good stuff yeah I always remember as a I kid. can't believe I even know that I mean I just know Red Delicious sucks at this point in my life Red Delicious is the worst because the the peel is so damn thick, and then when you get through it, sometimes it's brown because these apples look so fake. Yeah. Anyway, that's... No, they're, they're gross. <laughs> Always go with the Honeycrisp. Well, see, there's a rating on Spotify, but there's nothing as far as reviews because Spotify kind of sucks as far as that goes. Oh, so you mean it's not a great app? Shh. There might... <laughs> hush. There might hush, be some opportunities hush, to improve. Hush now. All right. All right. All right. Anyway, so yeah, so th- there's that. There's the review thing. Hey, if you don't know my co-host, Daryl Scott, <laughs> well... As his wife is gone, his lonely nights have been dedicated to a new lady, mm. skulking around at all hours of the night, <laughs> leaving work early, even for this girl. Unfortunately, his wife, Sarah, she stares out the window and she watches him leave, tear dripping down her face. She knows it's not her. You could say <laughs> he has a little crush. Does she have a name? That's Daryl Scott. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was getting real serious. There. It was. I don't know. Does she have a name? Uh, no. The new car? Yeah. No, the Fury? No, no. That's been Because we knew it wasn't a woman. It was definitely a car. It was definitely another car. No, I haven't, haven't bestowed a name upon her yet, but we shall christen her one of these days. Uh, for those of you who don't know my co-host, well, car meats are usually his thing. Grilled meats are, too. <laughs> and so what if they combine those two? Would he consider this to be the best of both worlds? He's the guy who can be found where the elite meet to eat at the car meat he's... Meet Eric Stahl. That's wonderful. I don't know. Going with meat theme. Although you're, you like to grill, right? I do. Great grill man. Yeah, man. I tell you what, I was, I was uh, really ready to get the grill going, but I've been so busy, and grilling is a big commitment. Plus, I'm a purist. I'm all about blocks of wood, and you got to be there monitoring that. You know, I'm not. You don't like propane and propane accessories. I'm not a Traeger guy either. I'm not a a faker with pouring the pellets in there and like you know. (laughs) It just does it itself, and you just you know let the Bluetooth app tell you when it's done. Right. I'm yeah. not I'm not doing that. Do you just put the steak right on the coals? No. You know, oh, oh those, I've seen that though. I bet Rothgar does that, but no, I don't do like that. Like those caveman steaks, dude. Whatever. Dude, yeah. yeah, you get those tomahawks and throw them. Oh. There is something about dusting off the, <laughs> the the soot off of your sixty dollar cut of meat. Yeah. that just kind of intimidates. Costco the thirty, but yeah, I give you that. Okay. So anyway, okay. all right, uh, sponsors. We have a sponsor. We have a great sponsor. We have Fort Toyota Pekin. You know what? Fort Toyota Pekin has been around for 70 years. 1953 is when they started in downtown Pekin, Illinois. Ralph Fort started off that Plymouth dealership that's migrated and turned into one of the best Toyota stores in downstate Illinois. You can go to toyota-pekin.com. You can check out their inventory online. You can see all the new cars are coming in. We got 20 cars in the last week. It is crazy. What, uh, What kind? I, literally everything. I mean, we got Venzas, Camrys, uh, we got a Crown. Uh, Ooh, a brand new Crown. A brand new Crown. It's beautiful. It's black. Nice. Black on black on black. And uh, the triple black threat. <laughs> the uh, what? 
I, I, I think we got about every model. It was great. We are still waiting on a GR Corolla, I believe. But uh, other than that, we, we've pretty much seen everything. So great stuff. And I say we because I work there in the service department. So if you need anything as far as service goes, make sure you ask for Eric Stahl in service, and we'll do everything we can to take care of you. doesn't matter where you're from. Anywhere in central Illinois, we'll get that service done on your Toyota car or truck. Toyota-Pekin.com. they got a nice website, too. Check them out. They do. Uh, I'd like to say a quick thank you to our Patreon supporters as well. If you are a Patreon supporter, well, you know the quality content you get. We get the pre-show to you before these episodes air to the general public, if you Extra will. Extra crickets. Yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some additional bonus footage before the, uh, the, the show that you definitely won't want to miss. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon, you can click on the link on our website there, throwinwrenches.com, and learn what that's all about. We also send some swag. Yeah, I'm a little overdue. We got some new subscribers, yeah. so uh, be checking your mailbox, kitties. And by the way, if you're listening to the show and you don't know how to use a Patreon app, and I sent you a message and you didn't check it, you're not getting any swag in the mail. So uh, can we please check our email or just send us a message at info at throwing wrench to say, "Hey guys, I'm a Patreon subscriber. I haven't gotten anything because you didn't check the app. Okay, you didn't write a review, and you're on the Patreon. I'm sorry. They getting, never am I, call. Am I getting bitter? They never know how we're doing. <laughs> I wish they'd call. No, that's fine. Well, everybody's busy, but definitely hit us up. We want to get you some stuff, especially if you're a, a Patreon or premiums, uh, iTunes premium. Fan. iTunes premium folks, uh, yeah, make sure you let us know you're subscribed because it's kind of anonymous, so uh, you're not involved with the total swag bag, but we'd still love to send you a sticker if you haven't done a review. So sure. Check it out. Uh, all right, so thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for commenting and everything. Uh, I would say thanks for viewing, but if you haven't done that. So a little feedback from the last episode, and, and really the most potent, the most, the most visceral and I wasn't mean spirited, but it was definitely spirited uh, from your wife. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah. She did. She's, she, she's great. Yeah, she didn't like the microphones going like this the whole time we were talking. We we're like ha 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 ha, and then we were just like all over the place, right? So, I, it wasn't. Th- was it that bad? I don't think it was. She 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 she's she hard to please. A, I don't know how she, I don't know how you lassoed that lady down, but she's hard to please. She was uh, it was a simpler time. I think I think she was in her formative years was a little less critical as were we all. I find that hard to believe. She uh, she seems like she's been critical since youth. I think I ruined her though. Did I you? Th- yeah, she used to be really nice. Oh. And and I <laughs> I think I ruined her by just being a total jerk all oh, the or time. Or maybe just being excellent on the radio as you were back in your you know formative years in yeah, the radio, right? right? Yeah, right. She, she heard excellence and she expects that all the time. Sure. The, so the last episode, <laughs> episode 80, we we tried a little something different, right? So the whole deal was we we were running low on time and I have a remote set up with some uh, lavalier mics. Yeah. It's a nice setup. It's a Zoom pod track player, but we haven't really played with those mics. I haven't played with the tone of the recording on that machine. But when you commit to a microphone on your chest, mm-hmm. there's no backing up. There's no laughing you know, by turning your head or anything like that. It's on you all the time. All so the time. I think it just takes a little bit of a learning curve. If we did it all the time, it'd be great. But I even think with guests, it'd be horrible, wouldn't it? I don't know. It's what they use on like news interviews and stuff. But there's probably somebody like sliding these things around. So when somebody's breathing over there, going, <sighs> yeah, it's <just laughs> they turn, the heavy down, turn down the feed, right? Yeah, yeah, that happens. Yeah, you have an engineer usually. Although this day and age, I don't know. I was I was walking down the sidewalk and some guy from News Twenty Five was shooting B roll across the street from where I work downtown. And he's like, hey, we're interviewing people, blah, 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 blah. We're asking the people on the street. And I'm like, I, I got to go get a Man sandwich. On the street, yeah. I'm out. But I just <laughs> I thought I thought to myself, I would not only look bad, I would sound bad. 
And then everybody I know would look at me at the 10 o'clock news and be like, dude, I saw you on the news. Dude, who's watching that? I think if you have 300 people watch a Facebook video, there's probably 300 people that probably watch a newscast, right? Probably less on the <laughs> TV side. I don't know. I haven't watched news in three years, well, five years, yeah. basically. There's like uh-huh. 12-year-olds run those shows. I mean, I watch all the time now. I'm like, yeah. do we get anybody who sticks around in, in the Peoria market? Not really. I and even like the big markets are kind of like that, too. But I digress. Yes. Here's some breaking news. What's that? We have some projects to uh, update oh, folks okay. on. All right. Well, do you want to skip through? or do, Did you want to rehash how my wife criticized our no, audio No, I was going to say I did do a count. There are 33 five-star reviews on iTunes. They can't all be wrong, folks. Yeah, so there. Sarah. Oh, yeah. wait, wrong one. <laughs> no, um, no. No, I just ruined it. No, here, uh, 33, that's that's a strong work. And how many stars out of five is is that? And none of them are my mom. Any of them your mom? <laughs> no, my mom, my mom doesn't download podcasts. <laughs> um, no, but I think five out of five, that's, that's a perfect score. Yeah. So. I can't beat that. Sarah, you're wrong. And I'll talk to you about people, it later. People like us, doggone it. We're <laughs> Stuart Smalley. <laughs> yeah, we do okay. I don't have to drive the fastest Celica to be liked. So wait, you have not one Celica, not two Celicas. You actually well, legally have te- three, Technically, right? the state of Illinois knows of two Celicas. Oh, okay. There's a third one that's still in a bit of a uh, transition phase. It's in a quagmire. Yeah, I've reached out to the people <laughs> who own that one and... Uh, Got to get some paperwork. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, cool. the, the gal was super receptive when I talked to her a couple weeks ago, and then I texted her the other day and said, any progress with the Secretary of State? And no response. So mm. honestly, if she said, you know what, I'm going to fix that car up myself, I'd be like, that's fine. Pay the $75 tow bill. It's yours. I don't even care. Yeah. yeah. And if she goes, I want $5,000 for I'd be like, pay the $75 tow bill. It's yours. Otherwise, I'm calling <laughs> Tazwell Tone and getting out of here. So. It's going to disappear. I don't, I don't have to have that car, okay? All right, so we'll we'll touch base on this in, in a yeah, moment. Anyway. But the Celicas that do run and drive. Yeah, so I, you know what's funny? I, I think maybe the last show I even I misspoke when I spoke. Did we talk about that car at all, the black Celica, getting out of the garage? You talked a little bit about it getting ready for this, just to get out and, yeah. and so, drive it a little bit. So it was interesting because I was going back. I was trying to like do like a trying to do a reel or a TikTok, you know, about yeah. the car. So what I want to do is I want to find the picture of where it was at the auction, and I couldn't find it. Because I was digging around March or April thinking I just got in there. I actually got the car in February of 2022. I there was snow on the back of it. I've got pictures of it. Do you, do you win them? I, I do you want them? But I don't think it was snow when I went up there that day. Uh, it was. wasn't that cold. No, I'm sure that. All right. Yeah, I'll, find, you, I'll fine. find your photographic sure evidence. scratch paint. But anyway, um, that car's been sitting since February of last year. And my wife. For, for folks who are just oh, joining yeah, us, yeah, what yeah, kind yeah, of car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so yeah, here's the whole sultry deal on that. There, there's an estate sale. There's it's a couple of estate ladies who like sell stuff. You know, they go into people's houses who've recently passed, and they like hawk everything. And Daryl <laughs> and Gabe are addicted to their sales. I don't know. about And that. so th- all I hear from Gabe is, "Hey, there's a Celica up here, and you might be interested." In it. I'm like, and he said, "I don't want it. It's not good enough for me, but you might be interested or something like that." I'm like, "Okay." So I look at it. I'm like, "Oh, it's a. Bl- I don't even like black cars, but." It only had 56,000 miles. It's a 1996 Celica GT convertible, tan top, 25th anniversary edition with the leather interior. It's unfortunately not automatic. Unfortunately, it's steel wheels, but 56,000 miles, folks. 56,000 mm-hmm. miles. And uh, it was dealer service to check the VIN number. Everything was done at Peoria Toyota. It just, it just been sitting in this garage, man. Kind of like that Cadillac you got. Yeah. Full except, service history, right? Yeah, except 40 years newer. <laughs> and, uh, 
So I went up and I looked at it, and Angel and Angel gave me the green light. That never happens. She just said, <laughs> "You know what it's worth," and and there was like a bid sheet, and they had like five thousand dollars on it, and there was like all these old guys. I think these old guys just wanted. As I talk to them, and I find out, oh, I work over at Uftrings. I used to be a buyer for beers. You know, these guys, mm. just a bunch of old car hawks, were yeah. trying to steal one. And the one guy's, I'm just going to drive around for the summer and then flip it. You know, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. God bless them, man. That's the way to retire, right? Just to be an old car dog, just to I go, guess. go to estate sales, pay $5,000 for a car you're going to drive all year, and then just flip it at the end of the year after you've driven the crap out of it. If you like selling and dealing with people, buying stuff, and lowballing, sure. That's what those guys do, man. I can't. Ugh. Anyway. anyway. Yuck. Anyways. So I get the car. Didn't need a car. And then my daughter got sick, so I kept it in the garage at Fort's for literally 18 months. It hasn't moved. Yeah. And uh, like a month ago, Angela said to me, she goes, you going to do something with that car? Or are you going to sell it? I'm like, well, it's still a nice car, I think. And I got it out, dusted it off, took it next door, got the oil change, got a battery. And I'm like, well, this is a nice car. And, and then I found out the roof actually worked. I'm like, oh, Power well, top? Yeah, power top, yeah. which they said didn't work when I bought it, which I knew I could fix it regardless. But um, got some TRD wheels for it. So Angela drove it for like a couple of days. I mean, literally she's had it in her possession to drive to work like two or three days. Mm-hmm. And then Aiden goes off to college and then comes back. And I told him, I said, if you want to take the green Celica, because I have two Celica convertibles, you know. I said, if you want to take the one that you and your sister beat to crap through high school <laughs> back to college for a couple of weeks, back at Kenosha, uh-huh. that's fine. Take the green one. It's got rock chips. The top's not perfect and all that stuff. And uh, that weekend, we were coming back from that Living Color concert. No. No, we were coming back from the concert, my brother's show at the anyway another place in Bloomington. The battery light comes on. Hey, Dad, mm. what's his battery light? I'm like, that's oh, fun. He's serious. So, I said, turn off the lights or turn off the the fog lights, turn off the radio. And we did that. The headlights came up higher. I'm like, we got a bad alternator. Mm. Do you so, make it home? Yeah, we made it home. I just said the lights were strong. We were okay. We we're in Bloomington. It's 20 miles. So the battery's pretty fresh. So I wasn't too worried about that. Sure. Uh, but it was kind of a lesson for him too. Hey. You know, this is what you need to know. And uh, a car kind of acted a little squirrely as we were going higher speeds. Because then he's like, I'm going to do 70 miles an hour home. And I'm like, well, weak battery doing 70. You're drawing a lot on an old distributor car, right? Right. So we got home. No problem. And so on Saturday for um, Labor Day, was Labor Day? Yeah, last mm-hmm. that was the last big holiday. Parts was closed. Service was closed. So I'm like, all right, I'll call Napa. I'll call O'Reilly. I'll call Advanced. I'll call AutoZone. Nobody has a friggin' alternator for this car. That I can't believe that. I'm shocked by that, too. Now, apparently there's some different amperages. There's like a 70, 80, and a 90 amp alternator for this thing, but none of them are available for the car. Hmm. Some were convertible and uh, actually... Was geez, the automatic and, and stick shift had different ratings yes, or something? Yeah, yeah I, I, that I don't understand either. But regardless, there was the only alternators I could find were in Chicago. Uh, okay, but as as I'm studying the situation, and my son's like, you know, thinking he's not going to take the car to college. I'm like, hey, I got a, a donor car sitting right here in my driveway, <laughs> yeah. right? So, so him and I is a little project. We swapped alternators that day, and it worked out okay. He did. I did the classic. I don't need to disconnect the battery, and <laughs> he knocked the alternator wire against the exhaust manifold and blew out the hundred amp. Oh, shorted it yeah, out. Yeah, he did. So, yeah. And that's not fun on that car. You actually have to unbolt the 100-amp fuse out from underneath the, the panel, so that kind of sucks. But other than that, went okay. He, he drove the car up, no incident. So my car is still laid up in the shop. 
there was still some springs need to be ordered and, and put, need to be put on it, and so some other work. Yeah, but I feel bad because Angela, <laughs> like, here it is, nice weather. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where you're like, there hasn't been a lot of joy, and and I I knew she enjoyed that car for that couple days she drove it. Yeah, and now she's held up. She can't drive the car, so I I've got to. Do, we're going on a little trip this weekend, and then hopefully next week and get that car done because I got to get her back on the road and you know sure enjoy the car. It's going to be October before you know it, right? Yeah, and you can still take some pretty little fall drives and things like that yes, here and there. Yes, but... oh, dude, it's so great. But as it sits in the shop right now, there's there's like a plate size oil, <laughs> the front seals, the timing cover. All, I mean, if you're dealing Dribbling. with any four cylinder Toyota from the '90s. You know the crank seal, cam seals, oil pump, everything leaking. Water pump probably should be replaced. It's just it's just yeah, in, it's endemic to those engines. Those timing belt motors all leaked like that. So, you know, when we look back, we're like, oh, time belts are so great. Timing covers with timing chains, really, as much as they are, are a lot less maintenance over a lifetime of an old car, right? Less headache. Yeah. What's in this one? Are they two fours? Two, 2.2 liter, I 2. believe 2. it is, yeah. Okay. Uh, Good engine, solid, and this one doesn't blow smoke. The green one blows smoke every time you start it. Probably, cause, like I said, my kids drove it like animals. But, <laughs> uh, but it's also got 180,000 miles, so the, the new one, like I said, 56, pretty nice. So, and you'll then have, you'll have that thing dialed in, and it's it's here in the Midwest. It's unfortunate because convertible season really ends in October. <laughs> but it's you know? it's kind of nice in some ways because we got the extended antique plates, which kind of shut you off anyway. Yeah. So you know what? Pull in the garage, enjoy. And in the green car, if we didn't have antique plates on it. And we did drive it year-round. That car would be rusted out and nasty by now. The fact that it is a convertible means we pull it in every winter, Yep. and it never sees salt or r- rain or anything like that. Yeah, you're so, keeping it alive. Yeah. I would have to think convertibles in some ways probably get more longevity than hardtops in the classic car scene. Would they that, do. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, especially in the Midwest because, like you said, unless unless it's your only car and you're having to daily it, mm-hmm. and I only did that one winter and it sucked with a convertible yeah. because your head is always freezing cold, <laughs> car is never warm enough, yeah. and at the end of the day, it's just not fun. Um, so, yeah, you just learn, hey, if I've got a convertible, I'm also having a, a winter beater of sorts. Yeah. That's also kind of fun, too, because every winter you go hunting for, you know, at the time, <laughs> a 1000 or $1,500 vehicle, which you yeah. can't buy now. So, yeah. no, that I'll tell you what, you drove that... Uh, the the black silica over oh, yeah, to brought the house. it for that last show yeah and you had the the new wheels on it and the thing was cleaned up detailed real nice that is a nice clean I wasn't even detailed car that was literally just a foam bath because I I have yet to put a rag on the thing I've tried for to do real? everything touchless I've tried to not even touch it. I want to clay bar it eventually before winter yeah before I put it away you got a nice cover for it yes I already got I got two covers for each of the silicas so. beautiful so that way the cats can't barf on them all winter so <laughs> <laughs> damn barn cats. Yeah, that thing's uh, many more years of, of enjoyable I hope so. That. I think that's going to be a great car for her, so Definitely. I'm really excited. Now, getting back to your introduction, you were talking about the uh, the um, the meats. Yeah. The meat sweats. The meat sweats that you yeah. had this week? I went to Motorhead Mayhem <laughs> at the Pekin, uh Well, we call it, it was it was meat at the Dome, M-E-A-T at the Dome, because it was all about, they do like a meat at the airstrip thing up in Henry, right? Yeah, or Lakin or something, yeah. Isn't there like a smoke shop or restaurant that's like a barbecue place or something that helps put that on? Yeah, it's right on the Illinois River, and it's a it's a bar slash barbecue joint. Yeah. I've never been there, but it's supposedly pretty good. Well, there was no meat. There was an ice cream vendor, and there was something else to show up there, but there was no, oh, actually, I think inside... At the Ivani's Event Center, there was some restaurant, but it, there was no smoked meat anywhere. Oh, man. So there was nothing wafting in my nose all day. I'm like, this kind of sucks. So that meat part was gone. And then the title, 
makes you think that you're meeting at the dome, which the Peak and Dragon Dome was actually a thing. It's like one of those inflatable ball diamond domes that's yeah. been there for 20 years. Well, two years ago, a thunderstorm knocked that thing down, and they never, I would assume, poor insurance, uh, said, you're not going to inflate that sucker or replace it. So That's too bad, because they had tons of events, including a really nice antique car show. I think the Louisville Slugger Center probably sucked the life out of that thing probably. once it was built in Peoria. So, yeah. so the meet at the dome was kind of a misnomer as far as names go, because there was no meets and there was no dome. But what there was, there was a pretty good showing of, of car people it was 20 bucks pop to get in. So if you were there, you were committing to it. But, it was like an all-day thing. Yeah. There was exhaust. There were people doing exhaust loudness contest. There was a smoke show for burning tires. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a sound one where there was like 20 cars that were like blowing their brains out with sonic vibrations. <laughs> uh, what else was there? I mean, there was all kinds of car limbo. Really? It was fun. and Something different. It was something different. It's, you know, Cars and Coffee is fun. You don't pay anything to go there. You sit there and everybody kind of walks around, hey, cool car, hey, cool car. And I think a couple of the people that showed up earlier at like 10 o'clock in the morning got there like, it's kind of lame, not a lot going on. But at 1 o'clock is when, you know, they basically shot the gun and said, now we're doing events. And that made it worth the 20 bucks. Mm. I'm going to tell you what, man. Those guys roast those tires. Yeah, that was worth the price of admission right there. I saw some of your uh, some of your video clips yeah. from there to the burnout contest. It looked like a lot of fun. Dude, there was guys with like Dodge uh, Ram power, chargers, there was or a Ram charger, power wagon, whatever to call that thing. Yeah. So he had a smokestack built in the hood. <laughs> he cues that thing up, and just black smoke roll off the hood. And so tires start going. It's almost like Chuck Norris kind of blasting out. And uh, what was that? Uh, Lone Wolf McQuaid movie? Yeah, it was underground. <laughs> I mean, he literally got that thing fired up. It would have shot up out of the ground. Uh, White smoke starts generating from the back wheels. Black smoke's pouring out of the hood. Next thing you know, they're like integrating. I got, I got some awesome pictures, and I'm like... Yeah, you did take some good ones. Dude, it was so much fun. And then there was another Dodge truck. There was a Toyota Tundra guy, one of my employees with a Chevy truck. He was out there. Um, and it would be pushed off. He overheated the truck. Is he pushing out the guy? <laughs> what was so cool to me... and. I haven't done a car event in forever. I, cars and coffee, I mean, obviously you meet a lot of people, you see a lot of people, but you're like, whatever. But this event in Pekin had a bunch of what I would call my, the, the Pekin Yahoos or you know the car scene. The, the car scene in Pekin is a little bit different, I think, than the, the clientele or the yeah, types of cars. Just, or what? Yeah, because I think what people get off on down there as far as Dodge trucks, you know, do, you know, mm. you, Cummins diesels, you know, diesels and stuff. Yeah, yeah. just, you know, rolling coal while they're burning their tires. There's just like a sure. whole different crowd. And then a Ford Ranger, there's like a whole meme right now with a Ford F and Ranger. I don't know if you've seen yes, this. Yes, I have. Yes. And so the Ford Ranger won the uh, smoke show contest. I think it was just because it was a Ford Ranger that this crowd's different. But anyway, <laughs> I'm seeing past employees, current employees. I'm seeing lots of people I, I've met over the years and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is great. This is awesome. I, I couldn't yeah. have felt more at home being back there and kind of walking through, talking to people. I knew, I knew, uh, I mean, from customer, it just, it was crazy. I, it looked like a pretty good turnout, and it was during the big Peak uh, and Marigold Festival weekend. So there's people in Peak and that probably are spending some time. Or I wished. I'm not sure. This crowd was very young. Was it? A lot of young people. Yeah. Okay. There was a, it was kind of interesting as far as that goes, because everybody I saw there was probably wearing a Luke Bryan T-shirt or, you know, just a Cummins diesel T-shirt. This crowd gotcha. was never going to Marigold Fest. Okay. So not, he, not a lot of cross-pollination. Yeah, he, and there. it was a lot of uh, young ladies and young men and just uh, just a different crowd. It was great. I, I was really happy to be there. So uh, and, and I told the organizer of it because he said, oh, I'm going to try this event down in Pekin. What do you think? I'm like, if you do it, I'll sponsor. 
it was like a hundred fifty dollars sponsorship or something like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Anything that's gone and is being done in Pekin, sure. We and it's automotive. We got to get behind that, right? So because it's it's a choice. It's a okay. choice to to do those events. And I love seeing things like the cars and coffee, like this, like some of the. Uh, there's a local uh, public television station that's doing a road rally this weekend. Dude, yeah. the timing is always like you and I need to do one mm-hmm. someday. Mm-hmm. Um, but things, things like it's not that. This weekend, it's like the 24th. It's a bad weekend. Whatever it's it is. Saturday. It's the is 16th. This Saturday? Yeah. Oh, I got a concert. You got that's a right. concert. Yep. 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 Um, yeah, and I thought about doing it in the Volvo, and I'm like, eh. But at the same time, if things like that don't get the support and don't get the turnouts then they stop happening yeah. so yeah I, I don't know it's it's nice to see you guys sponsor that and i'm glad forts forts is a part of it and you got an eye on what what matters yeah and as a matter of fact it was funny after i <laughs> after i left there i got i'm getting texts from like two people like hey you got any jobs open down there at forts I'm oh like, yeah interesting you know you, you got to mingle and you got to talk to people and i think that's kind of the one thing we've always had going for us you know mm-hmm. be involved with the car culture absolutely you know, yeah well, and you brought the super was down there, right? Yeah, you know it's funny. I I feel like I'm a little stayed with the cars I'm bringing this because it's been the last couple of years. Of course, I've been out of the loop a little bit, but uh, uh, Gonzo uh, Marketing or something was down there doing his little videos, and he gave me some great video clips of the Forerunner and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. I was happy they got Excellent. a little love. Yeah. When do you? What's the next car build you guys are going to do? I don't know. You I need Mike, to do a Mike, truck. Mike's at uh, the Toyota the Toyota meeting in Vegas. And he's talking about getting the Land Cruiser for himself. So, uh, definitely, dude, the new Land Cruiser—it's just waiting to be built. I mean, it's that's yeah. so cool. And you know, it's the same size as a Forerunner. It's got the same underpinnings as a Forerunner. Uh, I, I just think it's amazing that we can have that car come right off the delivery truck, and we can start modifying it like right out of the box. So I think that's gonna be great. And Toyota's already offering a three-inch lift, which Mike told me today. So, uh, which. It seems like, yeah, no duh, but uh, you know, I never even thought about the manufacturer having a package ready for us, so. ready to go. Yep. Yeah, usually that debut year is kind of like, hey, here's 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 everybody's scrambling, like, <sighs> oh, we're working on accessories for it. But right. Toyota's launched this thing now; it's already been out and about. Hell, it'll be eight months that's been shown everywhere before we actually show on a lot, which kind of sucks. I hate when they do that. That part stinks, but yeah. no, I'm excited for you guys. I hope, uh, I hope next season, I hope it's more of the same. Yeah, that's I appreciate cool. that. So, yeah. Fun weekend. What about you, Mr. Daryl Scott? You've been cheating on your wife with that uh, Fury. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. So our 70 Plymouth Fury 3 convertible is finally back on the road, at least for a little bit. Um, We had been working on brakes. We had uh, quite a bit of work to do on those. Got all new lines put in, new master cylinder. What what month did you get that car? Do you remember? Uh, In May. Okay. Got it in May, like two days or a day before we went over to the UK. Okay. And tucked it away and kind of ordered some parts here and there and um yeah got the thing running and it it does run and drive and 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 stop pretty good um <laughs> the the power booster shot okay. and i thought i could get away with um kind of patching some stuff and i got new gaskets and things for it and it just it it's terrible so it's really hard you never drive a car where the booster goes out no the brakes get got rock hard oh okay yeah his power assist is weird because Without it, it, unlike a manual brake car, it, it's actually it's fighting you somehow. So it's actually harder to to stop oh. without it. So, bottom line is we got it running, driving. It still leaked a little bit, a, a vacuum leak. So at idle, when you put your foot on the brake, you hear this, psh, and then the mm-hmm. the thing kind of idles real rough. Um, so I just capped it off, and drove it as is for that weekend, 
And the car runs and drives really good. Um, f- goes down the road nice. It, it, it handles great. It's got no, new tires. Went through this, uh, service the transmission, fluid filter change, um, differential, change that fluid out. Excuse my yeah. na- nativity. No, no, uh, you're fine. Does it have, like, leaf springs in the back? Or what kind of suspension is on this thing? It is, yeah. So leaf springs, it's, it's, it's a giant... Full-size, 19-foot-long unibody car, so it's not a full-frame car. Okay. And it's just got this little front K-member where the suspension and engine cradle attaches to the car. And then the rest of it is just sheet metal and kind of a frame and these little spring perches. And uh, when I was underneath there, there was a uh, a fair amount of old, you know, dirt and stuff cleaned cleaned up as much as I could. Um, but you can see here in Illinois where those cars would probably have rusted out in 10 years. Really? Yeah. Uh, just because of... But a convertible, so there again, yeah, probably preserved because of that, right? Definitely preserved. And you can tell this thing was loved on for a long time. Um, previous owner, who's a longtime fan and listener of the show, uh, definitely kept up on the maintenance on the car. So everything that we did, um, you know, you could tell the car was looked after. It was just... it. After sitting like any old car, mm-hmm. you know, after a while, it's always the brakes that usually start to go. Um, so we got the thing up and running. We made it Friday night to a, its first cruise night, which was a pure, literally just like around the corner, right? <laughs> like a block or two from our house. <laughs> Pretty ambitious drive. Yeah, it was nice because I'm like, hey, it's, you know, it's I wouldn't take it on a cross-country trip, but yeah. I'm like, hey, you know, this is downtown. Peoria Heights had a 125th anniversary celebration. The Chamber of Commerce put on this big carnival, and they had games, Ferris wheels. We met our niece and nephew and, and uh, Sarah's sister and her husband there, and it was great. My car club showed up, and, and uh, I parked. We rolled into the parking lot, and it was kind of dusk. It was like 530-ish or whatever, and... One of the guys in our club has a 74 Caprice Classic convertible. Yeah. And I parked right next to him. Some epic pictures, those two side-by-side. Side. Yeah. It was it was a really neat kind of side-by-side. Side. And, of course, he was checking it out. He's a Chevy guy. So he's like, what's this? What is You know, tell me about it. And, and this car kind of comes out of the blue for people who know you, right? They're like, yeah. I mean, you have a, a stable of cars that generally show up at most of the shows. Yeah. So for you to show up in this car, people are like, what? What's this car, right? Yeah, there are people that didn't recognize. They're like, yeah. when did you, what's this? Whose is this? I'm like, eh, it's ours. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you what. There, Daryl's taking all the good cars for himself. Exactly. Where did this come from? <laughs> the fun part, and, and cars, trucks, whatever it is that you, you know, motorcycles, when you have something new that you've, I say new, but a new project that you've worked on for a while, and you make that debut, you're kind of showing it off for the first time. It's the same feeling when you go and you buy a new car at the dealer and you yeah. drive home. You're yeah. like, I can't wait to show somebody. The Celica, same thing. When yeah. I rolled that to your house that day, I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, at least you appreciate it. Other people would be like, who's that guy driving that little black convertible? What's that? <laughs> right, know, but, right. Yeah. They just don't get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, no, but the, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. You get that first, you're like, yes. I can't wait to show this off to somebody yes. And, yes. and see the look on their face. Well, that, And so part of me was like, that's got to be such a grind because there were a couple spots where you the car kind of held you up, you know, title work for one, but then the brake lines were like jacked. Yeah, so, and actually they, they still are jacked because I, I had to reuse one of the original lines, which is fine. There's They weren't rusty or anything. They actually came off fine. Um, the ones in the back of the car... I felt better replacing. And the, and the main front to rear line tube, that's all new. But inline tube, if anybody goes to inline tube and checks them out, they, they sell those pre-bent kits. And it's nice, but they sent me the wrong kit. And then when I messaged them, their response was, 
well, send us back the stuff, and we'll. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, it's already on the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's the last line, the front line that you sent is for a power disc car. This is a power drum car, which is what I ordered. Yeah. And even the, the kit that came, the box said power drum, the instruction seat and the line says power disc. Hmm. So somebody screwed up, probably in a warehouse or whatever. Yeah. It's not a big deal. And I was able to adapt one of them. I had a, an extra piece of line and a coupler with an inverted flare, and I made it work. But I had to, you know, it's... Do you think that, like, you ever seen, like, the, uh, where people make the wiring harnesses where they have the giant wall? Oh, yeah. And they got to tie everything together. You think there's, like, a pre-bent wall when, you know, for these people, there's, like, a jig where they say, all right, we got to get a couple of these kits made for the power drum kit. Probably. And then they, like, throw them on the floor. And then, and at the end of the day, like, oh, yeah, these are all for the power drum kit or the, or the the disc kit. Yeah. I don't remember which. Because they aren't made to order. They're probably just in a warehouse, right? They're probably all in a warehouse or some computer, you know, has had the the lines already, the measurements and everything. I'd be interested to see. That would be a manufacturing process. I'd like to see if it's just totally manual or if it spits out like a tube bender. Yeah. The the reason that I didn't make my own was because there's so many on that car in particular. The the C-body Mopars from the, you know, 68, 70, whatever. There's so many right, almost like 90-degree bends. And they're perfectly done probably on a mandrel or something, mm-hmm. so they don't kink. And I've made enough brake lines over the years. I know what I can do and I can't. And I'm like, a 90-degree bend? No way. Yeah. And they have, of course, you know, those springs around them to mm-hmm. kind of like stiffen them or whatever. And uh, so, I don't know. Long story short, I got it together. We took it to another show on Saturday or Sunday. In Metamora, across the river. Oh, a bigger drive. A longer drive because I'm feeling, bridge. feeling pretty good. Mind you, I don't have a temperature gauge. <laughs> I don't have the fuel gauge. That doesn't work. <laughs> the dash lights don't work. Um, what else? The radio works, clear as a bell. Nice. Has it got the single speaker in the back? Uh, just the single in the in the dash up front. Oh, okay. It doesn't even, it's so weird. It's a convertible with air conditioning and like a, a lot of really nice options. Yeah. And then like this like two watt single speaker <laughs> AM radio. I'm like, you're driving you? a convertible. You don't need a radio. No. I was trying to figure out there is a notch in the back for like a speaker where it would have gone. Yeah. And there's a panel. I'm trying to figure out how to sneak a Bluetooth in there. I'll say a detachable Bluetooth. Yeah. yeah. That was so, probably an option. Maybe. I'll figure. 71? 70. 70. Yeah, they look very similar. They're pretty much the same car. So, I don't know. We had a we had a blast, though. We had a little trouble going up Germantown Hill because it's a, it's a huge, long grade. <laughs> yeah. And I think either the timing's off or I probably need to go through the carb. So, we're going up the hill. And we're doing like 50, 55. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, you know, digging the ride and... And it's it's kind of pinging a little. You remember the old cars where they yeah. kind of knock? Yeah. You know, if your timing's off or you're running cheap gas in yeah. it. And it's kind of like, <laughs> and I and I kind of give it a little gas gently because I don't want to, yeah. you know, yeah. I want to push yeah. it. And all of a sudden it goes, and it starts knocking a little bit more. And then I back out of it. And then it goes, pop, pop. It starts like backfiring a little bit. And, I, and it's, I love my wife, but it's one of those moments where she like looks over. You've probably had these too where your significant other is like, I can't believe we're going to, this is how we're going to die. Yeah. We're going to die on the side of the road because you play with old cars. Long story short, we made it. I said a lot of nice things to her, the car, not my wife. And, uh, unnamed got to the show, got a couple people to stop by and we talked with them. And on the way back, you know, I said to, (laughs) I said to Sarah, we're on 116 and we're stopping at Germantown, you know, with these kind of mushy break still and <laughs> and the thing's you know kind of chugging along and she's she's like are we gonna make it i said yeah yeah i think so she said, what do you mean you think power we of did. prayer <laughs> mm-hmm. so we got home and i'll tell you what it's we made it 
It got out. It got back on the road. Yeah. I got a couple nice pictures. You can uh, check it out at Throwing Wrenches on Instagram. It's a beautiful car. I probably have, I'd say, another month's worth of weekend work to dial it in, and then she's good to go. Yeah. I absolutely love it, and I uh, can't thank uh, can't thank Mike enough for the opportunity to to have that car. It is, it's a real treat. And I the biggest kick I get out of stuff, you know me, I my stuff's not show mm-hmm. show quality. You know, I got one nice shiny car of the bunch. Um, this is definitely a fun driver, and I like bringing something back and kind of putting some life back into it. Yeah. That's where I get the kick out of. So it's just like your Celica. It's like we bring something from here to that next level. And then enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. You're not like making a museum piece out of it, but you're driving it. Yeah. That's the best thing. Because I, I was saying something the other day. I, I was like, you know, it is kind of shame. I'm going to, I don't want to call it a money pit. The Celica's not a money pit, but I'm going to spend 12 grand. I'm, I'm going to be 12 grand in this car. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be my wife's daily driver in the summertime. And it's going to get rock chips. It's going to get banged up. The cat's oh, yeah. going to stomp on the hood. But you know what? I, I bought it to drive it, I didn't buy it to put it, you know. Hermetically sealed. In, yeah. What's in a, the point? In a bubble. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so I'm 70 years old, and you know, and I'm like, oh, I didn't enjoy my time with that thing. So right. Enjoy it. That's what life's all about. You better enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Good. that's that's pretty much it. In the meantime, the Cadillac. Yeah, it's. Does she talk to you? Do you, do you feel like she's sending you like messages? A little bit. A little bit. Because um, you, you were pretty hot and heavy on the, uh, the the don't call it a comeback tour, but it was. I, I was I was excited I was excited and and I, but I'll tell you what I had some some quiet time after the Fury was running. Okay, I cleaned the garage. You know, you, after you work on something, everything's a mess in the garage. You know, you sweep it out, clean everything out, and it's like you know I'm letting the floor dry after I power washed everything. And the Cadillac's sitting there in the middle of the garage, and I'm just sipping a beer, looking yeah. at the Fury in the driveway, like it's the sense of accomplishment, yeah. kind of. Yeah. And I'm looking over this Cadillac. I'm like, I got to start all over again with this thing, <laughs> and uh, I'll I'll get there. It's still in a better space. I mean, it's not the oh, mothballed yeah. it, but you at least you at least recovered the nonsense. I mean, all the, the animal droppings and and the conditional issues For on sure. the inside. So at least now you're not dealing with some of the horribleness. You 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 took out really the hard stuff. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, the it's the interior was the was the worst part of it. Everything else is mechanical, easy stuff. So, yeah, it's not getting any worse. And as my, my former neighbor, Don Statler, used to say, who was a diesel mechanic and just a great salt-of-the-earth guy, he's like, who cares how many cars you have and you aren't doing anything with them? They ain't eating any hay. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't eating any hay. As he's, yeah, well, I don't know if his hay count as storage spaces. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Still tripping over it every time I need to mow the lawn and get equipment out. But that's fine. Yeah, It'll be fine. It's cool. Well, I wish I would have saw that car drive around. I will tell you this. You posted a we'll video on the Tick of the Talk and it was you coming up the driveway in the Fury, and all I can think is Daryl Scott has the worst driveway at the at the, <laughs> at the Auto Museum in North Peoria, the Scott Auto Museum. Yeah, uh, you have not really thought about people with classic cars coming and going. No, it's it's quite treacherous because it's it's a big hill. <laughs> it is a big hill. It's a giant hill, and it goes right in the garage. So let's just say something happened. You might uh-huh. go out the back of the garage. Yeah, it could either go into the garage, through the garage, into the ravine. <laughs> behind the house or dart off to the right and go into the ravine and yeah yeah it's just it's a it's a bad you it, better make sure your brakes work yeah absolutely absolutely so. so i give you a big credit that you thought the uh, <laughs> that the unnamed plymouth uh should, should make it up and down that hill well thank you 
um, I'm glad I'm glad your brakes work. Yeah, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna move on to the next section of the show, which is kind of a new section of the show. It's historical headlines. Daryl picked this one out because. I know that guy's got a sharp suit, but he's not in the squirrel nut zippers. I'm not sure where <laughs> he looks he's like from. he could be, though. <laughs> Absolutely. A little zoot suit mayhem going on here. What's up, Daryl? Yeah, so on this date, which uh, the date we're recording this episode here is uh, uh, September 12th. Uh, back in 1988 and September 12th, the legendary GM auto designer Bill Mitchell passed away. So this is the uh, On This Day in Automotive History, our historical headline. Bill Mitchell, for those of you who might not know, he was a very famous designer who took over after Harley Earl, which is another kind of more famous, I, I think, kind of heard that name. GM designer who kind of founded their whole style section. Bill Mitchell designed such cars as the 1949 Cadillac, or the first one that had tail fins, basically. Ooh. Uh, the 63 Corvette Stingray, the cool one with the split ah, window. Nice. And of uh, uh, the 63 Buick Riviera. A um, couple Camaros, the 70 to 81 Camaro that everybody's familiar with. So nice resume. But uh, Bill Mitchell was born back in 1912 in Cleveland, Ohio, and he was really obsessed with design and cars and fashion. He wound up going to Carnegie Institute of Technology, and Harley Earl brought him into the art and color section of GM, which was their basically automotive, the first automotive design a department in a domestic automaker back in 1935. So this dude started back in the 30s. Yeah. And really just started doing all kinds of really neat designs and overseeing more and more uh, based on how, how talented he was. He had the nickname of Mr. Glamour. And uh, he, he was a sharp dresser, snazzy guy. Oh, yeah, this this suit he's wearing. It's an all-red suit suit, by the way. Yeah. He, with the fedora, red fedora. He's very eccentric guy. There's also some, uh, I don't want to say urban legends, because some of this is documented. Um, he he liked women. He liked women a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, he liked multiple women at the same time. Is he Mormon? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I don't think so. But there there there's a couple stories of him getting into trouble involving women um, at hotels, famous hotels like ah. the Waldorf Astoria. Nice. Uh, and also trying to steal, like, horse carriages from the – you know, like you know, in downtown New York, the, <laughs> yes. the horse things, right? Um, getting inebriated and stealing some of those. So if you want to Google Bill Mitchell horse trailers or Bill Mitchell, comma, Waldorf Astoria, check those out. Those are great stories. We won't go into them here because this is a family-friendly show. Oh, okay. Sounds good. This is neat because – Okay, so this guy passed in 1988. I mean, yep. I graduated high school in 89, so this guy passed. And it probably was big news back in the time, but I love knowing... I mean, this guy was probably building cars back when you were, everything was on a drafting table. Yeah. They probably weren't even, like, putting cars in clay and stuff like they were, you know. Right. When, when, I, when I was a kid in, in the 90s and all that stuff, that, mm-hmm. that was high design, right? Build a whole thing out of clay and just start, like, or drawing. CAD. The, yeah. CAD cam or Maybe. whatever. Maybe. I don't even know we had that back then. But yeah. uh, but this guy was really making it when you had to commit to steel when you were designing the car, right? Yeah. How cool. Or, or you, you just had sketches upon sketches. You you had to be an artist. You had to know how to draw. And that's the other part. I mean, you look at early design, whether it's cars or planes or industrial stuff, uh, and then you look at like early Disney animators. It's the same thing. Somebody who's super creative, talented, mm-hmm. has a vision, and that's all they do is draw that out all day long, and then see where they can apply that. And yeah, Bill Mitchell, Harley Earl, Raymond Lowy, uh, some of these other you know pioneers of design: Elwood Engel, Virgil, Virgil Exner. There's tons of those types of folks in that era that were just incredible talents, and. Uh, 
not a computer in sight. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he had uh, under under his tutelage. Um, there was a group, actually Harley Earl, his predecessor. Um, GM had one of the first automotive design groups that was solely made up of women. And it wasn't like a novelty. It was because they said, hey, women influence so much of the buying decisions in households or women are consumers more and more as women were working. How things haven't changed. Yeah, it, it, but it was like other other car companies kind of like made fun of them. And I think the newspapers even call them like GM's dams, quote, damsels of design. Yeah. So there was this whole thing of like kind of making fun of them. But at the same time, women were responsible for designing automotive interiors and colors yeah. and picking, like basically saying, you guys know how to build the, yeah. build the cars. Yeah. Let's make them look pretty. Hmm. And so Bill Mitchell was... He he kind of took offense to some of that because he thought he knew best. Yeah, sure. He was Mr. What, he was a ladies' man. Mr. Glamour. Uh, and he wound up actually kind of breaking up that group after Harley Earl resigned. Oh, seriously? Or retired, okay. uh, unfortunately. But but over time, I think other auto uh, auto companies, especially Ford, Ford employed a lot of women in their design groups and things like that, where they, they kind of got back to where GM was in the mid-50s, which was kind of a progressive thought, like, hey, why is it just a bunch of old dudes designing cars? Um, and Chrysler too. Chrysler for the longest time. <laughs> Why is it a bunch of old dudes doing everything? Right, <laughs> doing everything. <laughs> Chrysler didn't have a design group for many, many years because they said, "Well, we have engineers. They design the cars." And the that's f- when the K car came up. Well, no, it was later. But the reason that a lot of the early fifties, you know, late forties, early fifties Chrysler cars have such oddball roof lines is because the, uh, the 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 head uh, the head guy there, K T Keller, liked to wear giant hats. He was a tall guy. <laughs> And he said, every car I'm in that's a Chrysler, I want to be able to wear my hat inside it. And as soon as, like, after a while, they started looking goofy. And they're like, yeah, okay, I think it's time for you to retire. Wow. And they kind of showed him the door, and they brought in Virgil Exner to come in and redesign everything. And that's where you started seeing things get real low roof lines and real low to the ground. So, okay, sounds like a little bit of a Lyndon Johnson character. A little bit. All right. A little bit. But Bill Mitchell, crazy guy. Cowboy. Definitely worth noting in this date in automotive history. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Daryl. I did look for other articles, but I found nothing this good. So Mm, I I did try and do a race daily kill, and I think maybe we'll bring that one back here in the next episode. That might be fun. Yeah. Uh, All right. So you ready for the news, Daryl? Yeah. I think um, the... Oh, 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 what would you do? I don't know. I hit the wrong menu. You did. This is what I do. It's my new thing now is to punch... Well, it's not now. I always hit the wrong button. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You you gave somehow around the show when I was gone. It's I, time for. Why is, this, why is that playing? I don't know. Uh, maybe I deleted stuff. Oh, I hope not. The news. Fine, All right, man. we'll have to edit that thing down. Yeah. Painful. Make, make it nice and succinct. Thank How about you. some world news here for you. Yeah. I don't know if you know this or not. Well, this is kind of United States news. We're, we, we funneled it into the world news section because it was a little thin this week. After a long, slow climb back, the new car inventory levels in the United States have topped 2 million last month for the first time since April of 2021. As the industry in- continues to move away from production disruptions, according to estimates by Cox Automotive and the Automotive News and Research Data Center. That's an automotive news. Hmm. We are seeing it. You know, yeah. there, are, there are cars, like I, like I said earlier in the show, we had 20 cars show up at the dealership this last week in a mix of everything. Wasn't you know Sometimes you just get like 
one thing. Yeah, you get like, like one tundra, yeah, or something. Yeah, here's four Rav fours and two Venzas. You yeah. know, so you can kind of tell which factors kind of pumping stuff out. But it's kind of it's spreading all around. So it's starting to happen. News. And you start when you drive by lots now. Are you seeing inventory? Yeah, for sure. Uh, a couple weekends ago, I was up in the suburbs. Uh, at my brother's working on his truck, and a lot of the big uh, you know dealerships up there, their lots were kind of back to quote unquote normal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was all new or it was kind of a mix of used or, you know, auction stuff or whatnot, but definitely notice a difference in there's less blacktop on the on the on the on the drive. Oh yeah, yeah. Actually I said something to the sales manager this week. I said, We got a bunch of cars kinda of curling around now on the side. Maybe we should start spreading them to the other lot, you know, so we're getting to that point finally. And this mm-hmm. has been years in coming, right? Slow. Yeah. Slow. All right, here's another uh, U.S. story here. U.S. EV share being driven by Tesla price cuts. Uh, it's according to registration data. This is from Automotive News in a recent report. U.S. market share for electric vehicles rose to 7.2% in the January to July period. That number seems nuts. 7.2%. That's according to new vehicle registration data from Experian, with Tesla spurring the demand and escalating price cuts throughout the year. The new U.S. EV registrations rose to 655,986 in that seven-month period for a 67% rise over the year earlier period when the EV share was just 4.9%. So total new light vehicle registrations for the seven months were about 9.1 million. So honestly, a 7.2% increase in EV and combined with some of the, I guess, news out of Washington or kind of the rhetoric out of Washington where you know, there is definitely a push to, you know, uh, push for a, oh, a yeah. EV to- future. Totally. Uh, get, I mean, this is like a gerrymandering of uh, the industry. But mm-hmm. at the same time, uh, my neighbor, I know my neighbor, he just bought a Tesla because he's like the, they dropped the price. He said Tesla dropped the price like 15 grand or Big 10 time. grand or something like that. And he's yeah. like, I'm going to buy one. I'm like, really? So it, my aunt and uncle bought one this year. Yeah. Same thing. It's, it was the Model 3, the uh, kind of the small that's, one. I think that's what he bought, too. Yeah. So uh, we're seeing more on the road. Definitely seeing. I've seen. Uh, there's two in my neighborhood, and you know where I live. It's not like a no, no scale no, neighborhood. No, no, it's definitely kind of run down. Yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's questionable. Uh, but I mean, I lock my doors. That's for sure. You definitely need to. There's two Teslas in the neighborhood now, and I tell you, last year that wasn't the case. Yeah, and so there there's noticeable difference on the roads. So it was funny the other night we were we were coming back from Bloomington, my wife and I. But spent a lot of time in Bloomington lately. I swear to God, um, it's a cool back, city. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I got family there. That's why I probably. But anyway, uh, we stopped at the Walmart. You know what? Buying stuff for Aiden, go back to college. And just like, let's stop at the Walmart because I don't. I hate Walmart. I got. I got my own person. That could be a whole another show. Maybe another pre-show. <laughs> Grinding why, of the reasons gears. why Eric hates Walmart. But anyway, <laughs> we go into Walmart and at the Walmart on the west side of Bloomington, there's a um, like a. I don't want to call it a gas station. It's like a fuel charge-up station for electric cars. It's been there. It's one of the early ones. It's been there probably for two or three years. Is it a Tesla one? or No, no? it's just a generic one. Okay. It's like three Connexes with some like electric pumps out. I call it pumps, but connectings or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, you just put your card in. And Charging go. stations. Um, and there was like... I've seen it at times when there's nobody there, and I've also seen it at times when there's like six or seven cars there, and people like standing in line like looking at the guy charging in front of them, mm. which... I think when you're on a class three charger, I think even a best case scenario, if you charge for 20 minutes, as I've heard from like Steve Brown talking about the guys crossing the country and all that, mm-hmm. you can get like 20% charge in half an hour or something like that, right? Yeah. 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 And so 
I've seen people like literally look like they're frustrated, like standing in line waiting, and tapping like, their toes, and I'm like and... laughing, you know, ha ha, look at me, I just filled up gas, it's super fast, blah blah. Yeah. Well, the other night we pulled in there, and the weather was decent, you know, it's it's fall here in Central Illinois, and there's like three guys standing around. The one's a Mustang, one was definitely a Tesla, and I didn't know, I don't know the other one was a Leaf or what the hell it was, a Bolt or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're all like standing there talking to each other because. Now there's like this whole thing where you know you're committed to sitting there for half an hour to an hour, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a change. And it's not like this this Walmart parking lot on the west side of Bloomington, there's no Starbucks there. It was like on a Sunday night we were coming back, you know, coming back home. I guess you could go hang out in Walmart. How much fun is that? You could walk uh, around. Yeah. But, but then but then you're not going to you're going to be doing that th- <laughs> thing where you you leave the car at the pump yeah and then you go in the store and then somebody's behind you like this jerk won't leave yeah it's so weird. well i imagine like um we have the charge point access point now at the dealership on our new charge stations so provided mm. i would imagine the app tells you the progress that your car is doing on the charge yeah but it's a totally different social environment i think but charging an electric car it's totally weird when we were in the uk driving driving the tesla um this whole summer was it was a mind shift for me because I didn't mind it. But it definitely was noticeable when you went to some places, you're like, Hey, let's go in and get a coffee, go get a magazine, get yeah. a breakfast sandwich, you know, walk around, use the restroom, whatever. That was fine. Fifteen, twenty minutes, not a problem. Get back in, boop, 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 hit the highway. There was a couple other places we stopped where like we stopped at one place, it was like a vineyard or brewery or something. I forget what it was. Uh, it was in the country, and it was a very popular place for commuters to and from London. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Archie, forgive me. I think it was in Kent. But anyways, it was like a weeknight. It was like a Tuesday night at 5.30. And we're sitting there, and there's there's nothing there. Everything's closed. Everything's like after hours, like done. Yeah. And I'm like, the parking lot was – I mean, there's a good amount of people. I'm like, they're missing an opportunity here yeah. for some sort of ancillary business, whether it is a – a coffee shop, or even just like a place to sell—I don't know—just a little takeout or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think as more and more of these are making their way into the uh, you know the everyday life, maybe we'll start seeing some of those side businesses. But yeah, like nobody wants to spend a half hour in a Walmart parking lot in Bloomington. <laughs> That's what I thought. I just too. don't—I don't see that happening. And you can only sit in your car and play on your phone so much, right? Um, or can you do that all the time? I don't know. I mean, I, I've been watching lately. A lot of people spend a lot of time on their phone. I, actually, uh, a guy was telling me today he saw somebody running construction down Derby Street in Pekin, and they were watching their phone while they were running the big roller, right? Well, on the <laughs> way here, there was a guy who was on his phone who almost crossed the center line on Allentown Road and killed me. So <laughs> maybe maybe we need to look at the phones <laughs> and, and dial that back a little exactly, bit. Exactly, exactly. All right. Uh, for the next story, uh, this one's just a little weird. The only reason I picked this one is because of the Ford family in here. Mm. Uh it was uh, from Automotive News. The Ford Motor Company on Tuesday said it has hired a new chief marketing officer and moved two members of the Ford family into new roles. The automaker said Lisa Materazzo, who is now was a top executive at Toyota North America, has been named the CMO effectively immediately. She reported to CEO Jim Farley and lead advanced production and all the marketing activities across Ford. And it's blue, and it's Model E, and it's Ford Pro Businesses. She has been with Toyota for 20 years and will oversee Ford's performance and Lincoln. That's a, I would imagine that's kind of a big move for Ford to kind of steal from Toyota. Huge. 
Huge. And and somebody with longevity at Toyota. Yeah. It's, 20 uh, years in the biz there. Now, Jim Farley. I thought Jim Farley had been with Toyota in the past, too. I was just trying to Google him real quick. It's Chris Farley's brother, though. Yeah. No, I don't think he was selling brake pads, either. I don't wasn't think selling Callahan, <laughs> Callahan brake yeah. pads. Yeah. Ford executive Jim Farley launched Toyota's Camry. Yeah. He, he was a Toyota guy in the past, too. So that okay. probably wasn't a big stretch to pull him out. But you do wonder, you know, who the uh, family members of the Ford family that got pulled and uh, put in other places. Yeah, I didn't even know that there. Here's how out of touch I was. I didn't know that there was any Ford family members still in the biz. Yeah, the the CEO, of the company is still Ford. Uh, well, not CEO, but maybe chairman of the board or something. There was uh, was it Bill Ford? Uh, like ten years ago, there was there was a Ford there. But oh, you're right. CEO of Ford is Jim Farley. Yeah, but I can't. There, there's probably still on the on the board. That's a weird situation there. I think. Yeah, executives. Uh, Bill Ford is the executive chair. Okay. Okay. So still got a seat on the board. He's just not running the day-to-day. That's yeah. got to be weird, too. But Interesting. All right. All right. Uh, one last story there about the UAW. You got that one? Yeah, I can knock this off. This is another one from Automotive News. Uh, days before it's threatening to strike the Detroit 3, the UAW has reduced its demand for pay raises over the next four years to the mid-30% range. Just mid-30s. Mid-30s. Uh, according to people familiar with their offer, the union in recent days has made counteroffers to all three automakers that include their new target. It previously demanded raises totaling more than 40%. Again, that's over a four-year contract. As I heard late last night, early this morning, I can't remember. Uh, again, this is on the 12th of September. The three automakers came back with slightly different plans. Ford and GM said, hey, we'll give you a 10% raise over the four-year life of this contract with the UAW. Stellantis said, we'll give you a 14% raise, but we're not going to give you the other incentives. And I guess Ford and GM offered um, probably changes to like their time off and benefits packages, things like that. So that's where they're at. The UAW is looking for another four-year contract. They're looking for mid-30% bumps in uh, pay raises, and the, the big three says 10 to 14. Take that. And uh, so we'll see where that shakes out. I have not been paying this much attention to uh, to the labor relations. Well, I think the big thing is uh, what I'm hearing is that if if they do strike, I mean this this could be really really uh, detrimental to General Motors and some other the big Detroit players. So mm-hmm. uh, imagine you've been struggling the last three years to get cars, and now all of a sudden they're striking at the factories in Detroit. Right. Right. And also, does this at that point if we're paying forty? It's not going to happen. 40% is not going to happen. I mean, inflation's run amok, but that number is crazy. But uh, if you try and raise American wages that much, and we got, you know, the North American trade pact there, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to guess a lot of jobs would move to Mexico. Well, and they have factories there. They've got, uh, I follow on um, one of the accounts I follow on Facebook is a, is a UAW, not UAW. I guess it would be. Uh, it's a, it's a, the UAW group in Canada that works for a Stellantis plant that makes, like, the minivans and mm-hmm. stuff. And it it's it's very contentious up there. But I honestly – if you did something of along the lines of a, let's say, 15% wage increase over a four-year life of a contract. And, again, the head of the UAW in this news clip that I saw uh, this morning was basically saying, like, this doesn't even keep up with inflation. Yeah. Um, there's probably some truth to that, but 
I also don't understand, like, in the days where you're paying $50,000 for a Chrysler Pacifica minivan, and the average person is also feeling some of the crunches, the consumer, mm-hmm. uh, you're talking about demand, the, the, the folks, the, uh, the dealers selling and servicing those vehicles are j- finally starting to get them on their lots again. Mm-hmm. Where does it end? And, you know, how can we, how can everybody benefit from this? That's, I don't know, just as supply chain and, and things are starting to kind of seem like they're leveling out, yeah. um, there's the labor question. So that's, it's above my pay grade. I don't understand it, but yep. a 40% ask, that just seems like a lot over a four-year period. It does. It, it does. I mean, I, I can I can tell you what I've seen, you know, all the, I don't say the minimum wage, but the, the moderate hourly guys and stuff at my shop, I mean, they mm-hmm. all... 15, 15%, 20%. I mean, I saw yeah. numbers like that over the last two years. Yeah. But 40%, I mean, come on. It's, it's nearly. It's a lot. Time, you know, it's nearly time and a half and that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, closer to home, what do we got here? We got yeah, this some... is a, this was the big news. I mean, honestly, if I was going to say, hey, we're going to build a whole show on one news story. This was the big one. Uh, this is a local story. China's Goshen, I guess it's not related to Carl, Carlos Ghosn, it's uh, Goshen, mm-hmm. is set to pay two, oh, sorry, is set up a $2 billion lithium battery plant in Illinois. And I got really excited when I first heard the story headline because I thought, you know what? We got Rivian in Bloomington. They're pro- yeah. and, I, and I think there was like a whole technology package or a sector that uh, Pritzker and those guys were trying to set up in downstate Illinois. But maybe it was all of Illinois. Maybe I got a little too excited. Anyway, this is from Reuters. It's from September 8th. China's Goshen High Tech Company Limited. There is a symbol. I don't even know if you could find this thing. Anyway, they're going to set up a $2 billion electric vehicle plant, EV lithium battery manufacturing plant in Mantino, Illinois. They'll create about 2,600 new jobs, the state's office said on Friday. Global EV battery makers and automakers have long been eyeing North America market for setting up new manufacturing plants as they look to diversify supply chains and attract incentives under the Inflation Reduction Act. Oh, boy, there's stories there. Uh, Goshen's battery technology will help boost e-mobility in North America and the economic and trade agreements between China and the United States, said Goshen Chairman Li Zhen. Goshen will be eligible to receive tax credits totaling $213 million over 30 years. 30 years. Are we going to be making batteries for 30 years? I, I wonder about that number. Uh, it will also get $125 million in capital and funding from the United States for the reimagining energy and the vehicle incentive package. Their property tax abatement is also 30 years. That was approved by local authorities in Mantino. And once approved, the facility in Mantino is expected to produce 10 gigawatts of lithium-ion battery packs and 40 gigawatt. Is that what that is, GHW? I believe so. I was, <laughs> I was trying to <laughs> do my best. Doc, gigawatt? Yeah, my best Doc, doc Brown. Yeah, 40 gigawatt. <laughs> Gigajoules. <laughs> Lithium-ion battery cells, according to a statement, the plant is expected to begin production in 2024. Mantino, Illinois. Do you know where that's at? Yeah, it's, a, I believe, a south suburb. It's just actually outside Bourbon, a key. But is I guess it, oh, if you're, okay, okay. But if you're from Chicago, you might call it a south suburb because it's probably literally what... It is probably an hour from White Sox Stadium. <laughs> probably. And that whole area has gotten uh, built up. Oh, yeah, and, sure. And as a kid, I remember Kankakee was like, you know, farms. and Yeah, what's they called it? Bourbonnet. I'm like, whoa, Bourbonnet, that sounds so exotic. Where yeah, is it? Sounds French. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, it's, yeah, you're right. It's off 57 there, so just north of. Uh, yeah, uh, so that's nowhere close to us here in the Peoria area, unfortunately, or fortunately. But I, I, I really do think, I mean, 2,600 jobs. That's it's huge. nothing to sneeze at. No, it's not. Um, the the 
The phrase e-mobility, is that new? Is that a new buzzword? You know, Toyota's been using the word mobility for a while. Right. And I remember when, uh, did they have the Olympics in like Japan or something like that or China? Mo- yeah, China. It was in China. Mo- mobility was like a whole thing. You know, they're all, it, everything is like running on EVs and, and the, the, the whole culture in downtowns is mobility and like stuff like that. Like e-bikes. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's all part of the package. I'm, I'm excited at the fact that there is going to be, you know, jobs put here in in Illinois. I think we desperately need them, especially when we talk about some of the other manufacturing industry and, and you know, that Chrysler plant up in uh, Belvedere that's been idled. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a lot that we've still lost over the years. So the fact that there is something here that's going to be investing, um, that's fantastic. Um, I wish it was homegrown, but that's just me and my hang-up, I guess. And I also do, to your point, I do wonder what the longevity is. You give someone a 30-year tax break, okay, fine. Mm -hmm. It's 30 years, folks, where we're not – somebody's not pulling full freight. And there's other businesses that have been here longer than 30 years that that they aren't getting those nice incentives. No. And they're still expected to survive. Yeah, 30 years is – I mean, that's the kind of realm number that nobody who's in office or existence can even look back and and even remember how that – how we even got this contract, you know? Yeah, how we got like, to know. Most people have been dead for twenty years, you know, right? Exactly. So, I, I, and and realistically, are EV batteries and the battery technology even going to be relevant in thirty years? There's a lot of questions, and obviously that's future tech and that's mm-hmm. that's science fiction at this point. But uh, I think the thirty year number is kind of. If it were me, I would have been like ten years, ten f- years, ten years, fifteen years, you know. Yeah. But giving them thirty years, thirty just seems like forever, especially for tech. Yeah. Right, especially for tech, with how quickly things have evolved. Imagine if it were like a carburetor shop. We got these fancy new carburetors. And you'd be like, thirty years from now, I'd be like, what? What are they again? Exactly. They're going to make vacuum tubes for your televisions and your radios. We're going to give them a thirty-year tax break to make vacuum tubes. Yeah, exactly. Um, this is a transistor, sir. Uh, oh, I knew the difference. We're closed. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of science fiction. Oh, yeah, we got some for you. This is kind of like a weird like science fiction story. You is ready it? for this? Is it, is it about that time? Yes. It's been a while. It's time for your moment of mode. Okay, well, we're not talking about cars or spaceships or anything like that, but did you know that Elon and Grimes have a third child, Daryl? What? It's, his name is unusual as you'd expect. Oh, boy. Shocker. This is from CNN. Elon Musk has confirmed that he and former partner Grimes, I know his former partner. This, well, is, he's this is shocking news. They have a third child together, and its name is just as unusual as its siblings. The child is called Tau Techno Mechanicus. The techno- wow. technology billionaire wrote on a post on X, formerly Twitter, on Sunday. Musk, who owns a social network, was responding to a post from an entertainment news account, PopBase, which named his and Grimes' three children as XAEA-XI-Exa-Dark-Sidral-Musk-and-Techna-Manicanicus. I just murdered that, but you know what? Uh, he he murdered those children's names by naming them that. That's uh, that's our man. That's our man going to Mars. Yeah, thank you. you can... I, I I have no response. Yeah. Anyway, lead us out, Gabe. I thought he said that was your moment of must. No, it's another one. Oh, 
There's an outro because we never know how long it goes, so I keep it on a loop. Oh, okay, all right, all right. It's well, long story. We need to read. I that. mean, uh, t- Tau Techno Mechanicus. My son plays 40k, and I think Mechanicus is like a thing in that. He listens to like some of their literature books, and I, I actually I had to suffer through one of those when we were. What uh, What is that? A game? Yeah, it's a game. Uh, yeah. Mechanicus sounds like Marcus Aurelius. It does. Techno Mechanicus. Warhammer. Tau, Tau and Tau's a, a Warhammer word too. Tau Mechanicus. I mean. They use like Latin. It's like some dystopian future of people like murdering each other all the time. But so he's a gamer. Maybe I Elon guess I, likes to play. Maybe ye I mean, oldie video gamesies. That's a. I, I, I will say techno mechanicus. That sounds like a cool nickname. But and you're also like, what if this kid wants to be like uh, fruity balletus or something like that? I mean, or just I, like Paul. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's just like. Um, Sorry. I was, yeah, I was going a little too off the reservation. No, no. Yeah, it's just, just the whole thing. You, yeah. I, Dad, just call me Bill. What's the strangest person's name you you met as a kid? Oh, Do you I, remember like in grade school? Gort. So there were some kids in my class. Their last name was Pitcock, and we all made fun of them because it was a weird name. Yeah. That's the weirdest thing I can think of, honestly. When there was a kid in my – I think he moved here in sixth grade, and he was from Poland, and his name was – Zeke. Everyone no. just called him Zeke. Um, but he's one day on his paper, he put his real name. It was like Z-B-I-E. Oh, Zebula or something like that. It was Zbigniew. Oh. It's his Polish name. Yeah. And he's, I said, what's, you know, is that your real name? He says, yes, that's my real name. But, you know, you can call me Zeke or whatever. And I'm like, how do you say your name? He's like, Zbigniew. I'm like, well, sh- I can say that. Yeah. And I never... Never knew his last name. It was just Zeke W. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was Zbigniew Zeke Vershovievsky. And the way he spelled it out, it was just like this big. And I felt bad because the teacher, he was explaining it to somebody one day. And the teacher was like, yeah, I'm never going to say that. I'm just going to call you Zeke or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And all the kids in the class did too. I called him Zbigniew. Yeah. Zbigniew was, I'm like, if you teach somebody to know, yeah. like, yeah. you can explain it. But I have the feeling he's, this poor dude's going to go to class and he's going to be like, uh, what's your name, son? Uh, it's tech, tech, Techno Mechanicus. Tau, tau Techno. It's an old He's family name. He's not going to public school. You know, okay? the- <laughs> Nobody's kicking the crap out of this kid He's at, not at, behind the fences at the, you know, at the, at the, uh, the, the gym or the whatever. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, He's going to live a little different. Yeah, life. he is. He's well. I don't. I didn't know him and Grimes broke up. So I mean, there you go. You missed the a- gossip. A- any of you single guys out there, keep her in mind. She's. I don't even she's, know who Grimes is. She a singer? Yes. Is she an actress? Yeah, so I was reading an article about her. She's like loaned herself to uh, AI now. So, What what even is that? I don't know. You okay. Know, if you can't... <laughs> if you want to make royalties without doing anything, I think you say use my voice for AI. That's how you do it. Wow. Yeah. In the meantime... Yes, yes. You know, Daryl and I, we scheme and we dream. And I tell you what, my wife even came down today... She did. During the show. During the intermission of the yeah, show. Between, the pre-show. between the pre-show and the post-show or the regular show, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And she mocked me, Daryl. She mocked me for sitting there on the couch with her last night and showing her, I think, quite possibly one of the coolest cars on cars from Japan. Uh, she didn't think it was that cool. But Does she mock you a lot? No, no. But yeah. I think I think when I have some boyhood enthusiasm and I like get excited like the little dog, you know. There's a little glimmer in your yeah, eye. Yeah, look, look at me. Look, look, look at this. I found that car. I, and what happens is, Daryl, I found that car. I, I checked to see which port it was cheapest at. I went to Baltimore. 
I went down to Texas. Mm. I went to Fort Lauderdale to see what port would be cheapest. I already had a plan in my mind to get a trailer. Maybe call you or Gabe and say, let's run over to Baltimore and get this, this totally. car. Yeah. Yeah. And then I showed my wife. I said, all for the reasonable price of fifty-seven seventy-five, right? That Hi, sounds cheap. For $5,000 to get one night's of entertainment on my computer? I mean, I, I think... Content. See, you want show content <laughs> exactly, is what you want. Exactly. Ultimately, though, my wife uh, said, no, we don't have any money and uh, you cannot buy anything. Oh, by the way, you have two or three project cars that you haven't fixed yet. Details, and, and details. And the tail curled between my legs and I crawled back to my spot on the recliner on wow. the other end of the sofa and said, wow. fine, fine, be so, that way. So what did the fair Mrs. Stahl shoot down? What did she turn down? What well, bubble did she burst? Have you seen the picture of this yet, Daryl? Yeah, so for the folks at home, and we'll put this up at thrownwrenches.com with the post yes. that you can download this uh, lovely podcast ad. But if you're just listening on your favorite podcast player, uh, I'll just describe this to you. Yeah, please. This looks, it's, 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 it's like many of the other Japanese domestic market vehicles that you send pictures from. Uh, is it Cars from Japan? Is that where you're looking? Carfromjapan.com. Carfromjapan.com, uh, where Eric trolls and finds a lot of really cool stuff. And they take, for all of these Japanese auction uh, sites, they usually take a picture of these cars running through an auction house. And this looks, it's like a mid-2000s Honda Civic hatchback from the cowl back. <laughs> <laughs> but then from the f- from the windshield forward, it looks like a fifties Nash or something. It it's does weird, totally. Yeah, at, at first, I thought maybe it was like a Honda Civic front end or something like that. But uh, this is a well. Okay, let's go back up. And what? What? Where did first of all? So, where did you find this a car from Japan? And it's a Corolla two, and the Corolla two, nineteen ninety eight Corolla two, the, the nineteen ninety eight Corolla in Japan looks very similar to the Corolla that was sold here in the United States. Okay. The Corolla 2 was a little bit of a wagon, which we didn't get the Corolla 2 here in the States. Well, what I got really excited on this car because I'm like, oh, is this a model I've never seen before? It has the round headlights. It has the mm-hmm. it has a chrome bumper on the front, very similar to like a 50s or 60s car. Yeah, kind of cool retro vibe. Yeah, and I thought it looks like an old, old Civic type front end. I don't really see a lot of Toyotas with a lot of round round portal you know, headlights and stuff yeah. like that from that vintage with bubbled fenders and stuff. But when you look inside the car, you can tell, obviously, that it is a Corolla from the 90s. The, the, the shifter, the dash, all that stuff. So then it starts getting a little weird. The paint's peeling on it, so you're like, hmm, maybe a, pa- a cheap paint job at some point in its life. Yeah. But this car's got 88,000 miles on it. It's an automatic transmission. It's a 1988 Toyota, and it's got the coolest look to it. It needs, you know, it needs a little love, needs a little paint job. But all I can think, and this is just going back to your point of getting to the car show, get yeah. this car, get it home, yeah. get everything all tightened up, make sure it's not leaking and puking oil everywhere and that it breaks, mm-hmm. and then drive this and show your friends. And there's just like this, like, rub your knuckles on your shirt, like, look what I got here. Nobody's ever seen this, right? And nobody is going to have one like it. No, no. This So whoever had this car in Japan was playing. It's <laughs> it's totally fun. They made a retro look out of a, a semi-modern car. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely not a manufacturer standard for sure. So this, is it called a Modelista? I don't know a what modelista? that, I, and I don't know what, you know, uh, if that's some kind of a... 
I custom think it's kit a, or something like that. Yeah, I think because there's a, a P- lot of so a Modelista PX2 Napple. Let's just see if I Google that one again. I know there's other car models of kind of similar vintage where it seemed fashionable oh. Oh. to dress them up, and I don't know if it was like an aftermarket company that sold kits, like a body kit for them, or if it's a tuner. This has definitely a look of. Um, it reminds me of like the Nissan Figaros and others, where it's like a newer car that has that old look to it and some charm. These are body kits. Modelista official global website. It's a oh, Japanese. Really? Yeah, they're still around. Uh, affiliated with Toyota Motors from both channel- Toyota and Lexus. Oh my goodness! Uh oh. Could I buy a body kit for an American Corolla? Are you getting ideas? Oh, mamacita! <laughs> you got- you got to order car, oh. car from Japan and body kit from Japan. No, that means I can just buy a blowed out Corolla from the 90s and throw this kit on there. How cool would, how cool would that be? <laughs> yeah, grand total of like 2500 for the car and $6,000 for a body kit. Shut it, shut it. This is Cars of the Week. This is where we dream okay. and we scheme. No, right. Money is no object. You could have spent $100,000, but instead I'm going to spend $8,000 on a $2,000 Corolla. Okay? Fair enough. Yeah, right, we don't so, have to have logic. So shut it. There's no judgment here. It's yeah. a judgment for I can't wait to, to go down this rabbit hole. Thank you, Daryl. You're welcome. Yeah. So instead of getting a good night's sleep, you'll be doing that. Let me just ask you real quick. Did this car sell? Uh, is... No, it's actively for sale right now in Car from Japan. So. so the way that those work is what you basically sponsor the car coming over? I believe so. And I, I imagine there's a wait. So, you know, by the okay. time you... Uh, yeah. Oh, there's a whole product lamp on this website of all modern Toyotas, too. Corolla Cross has got face... Oh, man. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. Okay. So maybe right. this is this is going to happen, maybe. No, it's not. But, it but hey, you know what? It's Cars of the Week. Anything could happen, Daryl. Okay. All right. Yeah. Solid pick. I've never heard of this. I'm actually going to Google this stuff later Yeah. Uh, because it's kind of cute. Yeah. So, Cool. Great job. What, um, what do you got, bud? Well, I kept it real, and I did a... Uh, you say mine's not real? No, no. It's real. Well, it's... Is it real? Does it exist? <laughs> nobody, this is a fever dream. Nobody really knows. <laughs> um, because I'm living in convertible land, uh, I decided to... <laughs> this is just what you need in your stable. Yeah, I need another big, large American V8-powered <laughs> convertible. Um, locally, there's a dealership here. Gary Uftring runs a series of dealers. Uh, nice guy. And uh, he has a classic car dealership over in East Peoria, which is kind of a nice little place that uh, he buys and sells and trades a lot of classics over the years. He tends to gravitate towards Fords, and as such, this one is available for purchase right now. Gary Uftring Classic Cars. You can check that out online. It is a red 1965 Ford Galaxy 500 convertible. Red with a white top. It's got a little 289 V8 under the hood and a four-speed stick shift. So, nice car, 20,530 actual miles. It's um, got a little bit of a, I guess, some historical info with it, so I'm not really sure, but um, it's kind of got a neat history. Uh, It's from Charlotte, Virginia, purchased new by a young guy who got back from Vietnam, uh, uh, purchased in Appomattox, Virginia. Appomattox? The sad part is the, the guy who purchased it passed away. The family then stored it in their barn for about 26 years until it was finally purchased by the second owner. And uh, actually, I take that back. It's not a 289. It's a 390. I didn't read that correctly. It's a 390, so even bigger, 390 V8, four-speed. four, four speed. Nice car, really kind of decked out in a, um, I'll say, questionable way, though. It's got wire wheels and these gross aftermarket fender skirts on it. So those would, <laughs> those would come off. Yeah. I'd probably put some... Uh, 
some different rims and so tires. So that, that chrome uh, wheel cover in the back, is mm-hmm. that? No, it's aftermarket. A lot of, for some reason, fender skirts were a thing. Okay, so yeah. if you have a wheel well, we can cover it. That kind of looks cool. Okay. Yeah, and I think you know, it's kind of like Continental kits and things. Okay. And for a while, I think they were popular. This car I don't think needs it, especially with a four-speed and a big block, an FE motor or the 390. I think that's more of a muscle car, and I would I would dress it up as such. The wires don't do it justice. And those those rims and those white walls. Probably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not a big fan. I put some some Magnum 500s on it or something. But anyways, nice car, big full sized boat with a drop top. I think it's just what the doctor ordered because I don't have enough of those. No, no. What do you think Sarah would do? Do you think she what what car would she take out of the stable for you to bring this one in? Um, um, <laughs> none of them. <laughs> <laughs> None of them. Uh, the I don't, this doesn't look like something your wife would drive. Honestly, this doesn't. When I look at the vintage of cars you have and, mm-hmm. and, and kind of the style of cars you have, a red, yeah, a red Ford doesn't really too flashy. I don't know. There's just something about this car that doesn't really look like your style. No, but the, hey, you know what? It's cars of the week, right? Yeah, it, I'm, maybe I'm just living vicariously. I just. Maybe I just want something shiny, nice, and done. Um, <laughs> that's never going to happen, though. And, you know, I'll tell you what. 35000 is what the asking price for this one is. And that seems like a lot, but realistically, thirty-five grand for a Mustang of that vintage wouldn't get you this nice of a car. And that's the nice thing I like about full-size cars of this era. Uh, everyone's about the muscle cars, the you know, or the pony cars, or, you know, a Chevelle, or a, a Fairlane, or a Torino. Those are cool. But you can have just as much fun in a full-size car that you can actually, like, fit in, mm-hmm. have, have like, four adults ride in, go to dinner, chill out, go to a cruise in. It's actually fun. Um, riding around in a, in a big block Mustang, not fun. It's it's fun for for one person for a little bit of time. Sure, sure. But uh, I, I do like the big block cars. And, um, yeah, I don't know. 65, not my favorite year of Fords, but this will do. When you were cruising to the uh, Metamora thing with the Plymouth. Mm-hmm. And Sarah was in the passenger seat. Yeah, and I mean it's like a country route, country mile between you, right? Yeah, huge. Is there just some, I mean, and this has got to be kind of a similar type effect. You drive this car. Yeah. Is there just something about having the top down and that much space, just just cruising down the road? Yeah, I, I told her. She's like, wow. She looked over. She goes, wow, your head's actually underneath the windshield. She's like, because <laughs> the Solera kind of, yeah, my forehead's kind of above it. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know, it's nice to have something I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> and my first car was a 78 Buick LeSabre, a big full-size car, big bench seat. And it, that car reminds me of that. And it's it just – it's a big, comfy – it's like a pair of sweatpants. Mm-hmm. Um, and even she, like, originally when we got the car, she's like, I don't – she's like, I don't know. It's huge. It's kind of a you know, weird color combo. She's like, I don't know if I really like this thing, blah, blah, blah. And we were driving it. And on the way back from Metamora, uh, we were coming up Grandview Drive, took Grandview home. She's like, you know what? I'm starting to like this thing. And it's just, sometimes that's all it takes, yeah, right? It's yeah. just this is it's new, and sure, more more cars, more projects, more money, <laughs> more space. Yeah. Um, but, but every once in a while, it's nice to have something different that you normally wouldn't. You just you didn't think you'd go and buy or you'd yeah, have. Yeah. It's nice to have something where you just experience it. It's there's nothing like driving a big old boat like that. I felt like Brad Pitt in. Uh, uh, once Tell upon a time, oh. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> is he a bad guy in that? Yeah, yeah, he is. Did they kill him? I think they did kill him. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, where he's just driving oh, around yeah, yeah, in that, yeah. that '64 caddy or whatever, yeah. and just like wearing a Hawaiian shirt and being cool. I'm not saying I am Brad Pitt. I'm saying I felt like him. Yeah, there you go. 
<laughs> just a little bit a facsimile. Of, yes. Yes. I'm like uh, I'm like Chad Pitt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His like, his second cousin twice removed. Yeah, I tell you what, my son would be all over that car. I yeah. when when you got that Plymouth, I was like, man, I really, really, and uh, I, I really wanted Aiden to see it this summer. I was like, that'd be totally cool. You know, so, we'll we'll get it sorted, and yeah. you guys can chill around, take yeah. it out for a spin, and. Yeah. Well, no, um, don't do that. Go get some uh, cheeseburgers. But definitely put him in the back seat. Check that thing out. No, no, it. He's the type of kid. He would have the Hawaiian shirt and tell. I mean, you oh, guys, yeah. you guys could film like a trailer for, uh, you know, Tarantino, uh, 40, forty-eight hours three or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that'd be fun. <laughs> we'll get uh, get some GoPros. We'll make it happen. There you go. All right, you have made it through a cricket-free episode of Throwing Wrenches podcast. I thought maybe oh, you were, no, I thought I you were going soundboard on me. No, I was trying. <laughs> crickets? You got crickets? No, I don't. I don't have cicadas. No. Okay, there you go. No, well, that was congratulations that was the to you, dear listener. Thank you very much. Hey, and thanks to all you Patreon folks and you uh, iTunes Premium folks and our sponsor, Forts Toyota. You guys keep the wheels greased and keep us rolling along. So we appreciate that. Uh, more shows coming along. Yeah, happy to actually uh, not have crickets this episode. I I really like the idea of doing the outside show. We can, we'll try it again. We will. We'll try it again with some different mics, and yeah. I'll try not to like cough into them or whatever I was doing. That my wife, your wife, has so much influence on what we do on the show. Uh, so, yeah. She's. A, she, are you <laughs> saying my wife is an influencer? Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Yikes! Yeah. Anyway, but you guys influence us. That's why we keep doing the show. That's right. We appreciate that. Uh, so for this episode of Throwing Wrenches, this is Eric. I'm Daryl. We'll see you next time. Oh, my ears hurt. That was. It didn't feel like we were going that long. Uh